shortcomings. We turn our attention now to um, a, a a story that came in last um, last week. One of our listeners had contacted us with a complaint relating to the alleged unfair tender adjudication process at provincial government in the Western Cape. Now, they marched to the offices of the Premier and handed over a memorandum on Friday afternoon. The contractors are up in arms over a three-year maintenance contract that they claim was unfairly awarded to a Johannesburg-based company. Let's get the facts about this particular complaint from Rene Reynolds, who's a local contractor. Good morning, Rene. How did this complaint come about? Hi, good morning, Saskia. Good morning to all your listeners. Um, so the complaint basically came about, um, as you said, there is a three-year uh, maintenance contract um, tender that came out. Um, it's not the first maintenance tender. It's um, you know a, a tender that's come out before. And um, when uh, contractors realised who was going to be um, getting the or awarded the tender, it became quite obvious that certain criteria um, was unfairly adjudicated, in our opinion. Okay. And now, I mean, those are very serious allegations. Do, do you guys have any proof? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, Satya, with any industry, um, the contractors on the schedule maintenance or that was, you know, previously on the schedule maintenance, um, you know, it's a close mid, mid community. So, mm. you know, they talk. Um, also, emails were sent out from the department, um, you know, confirming rates, and that was obviously shared amongst the contractors. Um, yeah, so that's how we, we, we know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, is this the first incident of this kind that you guys have encountered when dealing with um, the provincial government department? No, I think this is the first time it's been this magnitude. You know, right. there's always things that one is unhappy with. But, you know, when you're on a framework contract, you kind of toe the line, um, you know, for fear of, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you, you, you toe the line because, you you know, you're getting work. Um, so there have been things that, you know, contractors have been unhappy with. You know, previously mm. there was also a gentleman, you know, that worked for the department. And it appeared that his job was purely to assist the contractors. You know, with COVID happening, um, there was no more meetings with contractors. So contractors basically also felt that we don't have a voice anymore. Right. We do understand that with COVID, those meetings couldn't happen anymore. Um, yeah. I mean, that's very concerning. Um, just tell us a little bit more about some of the problems and challenges that small contractors have in getting work with provincial and national government. So, Saskia, you, you know, you, you mentioned that we've handed over a, a petition that was signed by 19 contractors. Um, and unfortunately, we could only get 19 contractors' signatures on it because we literally had 24 hours to, to organize it all. Right. So, you know, since, since this is, was in the newspaper and it's now become knowledge, you know, we're getting daily calls from more contractors that are in the same situation that these 19 contractors are in. Um, yeah. Sorry, I want to turn our attention now. We've got um, Brett Heron on the line as well, who, of course, is from the Good Party and a member of the provincial um, legislature. Good morning, Brett. Uh, good morning, Sasha. Thank you for joining us. I wanted to bring you in here just to find out, are you aware of these allegations and how concerned are you, if so, uh, that it could be true? Well, I, yeah, I am aware of the allegations and my office has met with some of the contractors who were excluded from this um, mm. very strange tender process. 
Uh, my concern is that the Western Cape Provincial Government talks about um, a job in every home and about um, building a resilient economy post-COVID uh, COVID pandemic. Um, we're still in the pandemic, but there is an urgent need to um, to re resuscitate um, industries like the construction sector. Mm. And these tenders relate to repairs and maintenance at provincial school provin- uh, provincial government school buildings. Um, and to exclude, um, you know, uh, dozens and dozens of smaller contractors from participating in these tenders doesn't add up, doesn't um, align with the Premier's commitment to build a Western Cape economy that will, will kind of resuscitate and revive. Um, we know that, that construction, the con- construction sector itself, for every job in a construction site, creates seven in the supply chain. So there's a lot of questions around why certain contractors were almost handpicked to respond to this, um, um, the call to respond to rates and also why contractors from outside of the province were appointed as opposed to those local the local contractors. Does our economy not include those who operate on the Cape Flats? And also there seems to be a manipulation to award management contracts. So the, the main contract would go to large um construction companies with um, local contractors being relegated to subcontractors. So there are a lot of problems, and we will be asking questions in Parliament about this. Uh, You've mentioned that um, for every one job in the construction industry, it creates seven um, in the supply chain. Uh, Do you have any idea, if you can share with us, just how many jobs, um, how many people are employed in the construction industry in the Western Cape? I mean, uh, and then I want to ask you about awarding tendons outside of the province. I mean, is that is that usual? So, I mean, I think the the start, I don't know the numbers of how many are in the construction sector. And obviously, Mm. it's a sector that's been... Um, de- decimated by by the um, lockdowns, the ver- various lockdowns where very little activity could take place. Mm. Ultimately, construction was allowed to proceed, but the economy is in a slump. And um, the one sector that can be revived through direct government intervention is the construction sector, because government's role is to maintain buildings and to build infrastructure. So if you want to revive the economy, a, a good starting point would be in the infrastructure place, which means in the construction sector place. Mm. Um, and But if you are manipulating contracts so that um, well-established um, and even, dare I say, untransformed large-scale yes. companies are getting the bulk of the contract, um, excluding small-scale contractors and excluding contractors who operate um, at, a, at a more local level, then you're not doing your job in stimulating that sector. Now, the question about whether contracts awarded outside of a province is usual or not, I, I don't, I mean, it's, it's not illegal, right. but if you are committed to um, stimulating the Western Cape provincial um, economy, and if you are committed to ensuring that local contractors and local service providers get um, access to um, to government work, then then there must be a prioritization for those, for those local contractors. There's no reason to exclude a local contractor and point one, point one from outside of the province. It doesn't make sense. We are inside of a conversation where we are talking about the response to a complaint about unfair provincial government tender adjudication um, processes. And uh, Rene, I want to bring you in here. Do you feel yeah. like this is possibly a case of smaller construction companies being given, um, you know, smaller jobs and then excluded from the bigger contracts? 
Um, no, I think this is more a case where smaller jobs are being clustered together mm. to to give to bigger to, to give to the bigger contractors. Because look, when you look at the schedule maintenance, there is enough work. If you you know schedule maintenance at schools, hospitals, um, there's more than enough work. Mm. Where it becomes a bit tricky, and one of our main points is where you are literally clustering work together and giving it to. I'm going to call them 9GB companies because those are the bigger established previous advantage companies um, at the expense of your slightly smaller uh, companies. You know, so if you look at the 19 contractors that's on that petition, these are contractors that have been working with the department for a minimum of six to nine, some over 10 years. So they're not your Mickey Mouse sort of startable, the Bucky companies, you know. They also, between them, have built up a reputation where between them there is not one of them that have ever had a contract cancelled against them. Hmm. So I think this is where the unhappiness comes in, um, where the, the whole uh, issue around appointing management contractors becomes a real challenge for, for us because basically we will now have to work under another contractor hmm. or a, a bigger contractor where there's no rate for subcontractors. So we literally have to then be happy with whatever, with whatever they, they want to pay us. Yeah, and it just seems insane. It just really no, seems like not a very efficient way to be approaching uh, not where the we're trying to hmm. Yes, not where we're trying to grow the economy. Where we're trying to uh, tackle our massive unemployment rate. Hmm. Um, you know, each of these 19, and this is just the 19 that signed the petition, they are employing a minimum of 15 to 30 people each. That's directly, as uh, Brett correctly said, each one of those um, people are responsible for at least seven, um, you know, uh, jobs down the line. I wanted to ask you, Renee, just to give us a, a, a snapshot um, very quickly about the state of construction in the Western Cape. You know, is the industry thriving and what kind of effect has lockdown had um, on particularly the smaller contractors? No, lockdown has had a devastating effect on us. And that is why we are now basically dependent on, 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 on work from the department. Um, you know, the, the private sector is <laughs> to it's basically dead. I mean, there is no contract coming in from the private sector because they are also in a situation with, you know, now during COVID times, they are trying to basically, so, so alterations, building, that's the last on the agenda. So we are in a situation, like for example, if we don't get work from the department, um, there is no other work for us. Mm. Just uh, just out of interest sake, Rene, um, with the three-year maintenance contract being awarded to a Johannesburg-based company, what was the reason that they gave that no um, Cape Town contractors? Uh, well, now there are Cape Town contractors uh, awarded, um, but we haven't had any uh, response, official response from the department as yet. You know, we got the right. standard, uh, thank you for your email received, okay. received and that's been it, which is also now, you know, we need to t- decide what is our next step of action because we haven't had any indication of how long, you know, they're looking into it. Well, mm. how long is a piece of string? How long are they going to be looking into it? Mm. We've got a caller on the line, which I'd like to bring in now. Um, Bull, uh, good morning, Bull. Welcome to the show. Morning to you. Lovely Freedom Day. Lovely Freedom yes. Day for the 
for the non-workers. <laughs> so yeah, there's a project, housing project in Worcester, uh, currently just started now. Uh, it should have begun like 18 months ago or so. It's for 10,000, between 8,500 and 10,000 units, um, affordable houses. That project was, adi- was uh, allocated to an outside contractor in Koteng. Oh. So all that money is uh, awesome. going out from us here in the Western Cape, going up to Koteng. Just because you're talking on that subject mm. now, I thought I'd just mention it to you, but that's a big one. Thank you so much for that, Paul. Um, Brett, if I can bring you in here, because um, it seems to be that, you know, there, there does seem to be some strange, to use your word, um, that you used earlier, uh, in the awarding of, of tender processes here in the, in, in the construction industry. If any evidence of wrongdoing is found, what, what happens next? Well, I mean, if there is evidence that, um, that look, I think there's already evidence that um, th- that the the way that this was handled breached the constitution, which requires that tendering is transparent and accessible and and open to all who qualify to tender. So that's 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 been breached right. um, by the way in which the um, the tender was kind of emailed to some contractors and not to others. Um, but we have to. Um, I mean, if there's um, tender manipulation or a failure in the processes, then um, within the provincial parliament we will have to deal with it um, as an, either as a party if the provincial parliament itself does not want to deal with it and our standing committee of, on public account scoper, we will have to deal with it with the public protector. But I mean the public protector process just takes too long. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and, and companies need this resolved urgently. So I'll be engaging with the acting minister for uh, transport and public works um, and I'll be asking questions in Parliament next Friday. Fantastic. And Rene, when do you expect that you're going to be getting a response from provincial government? Well, obviously, we would have loved to have gotten some form of response already, even if it's just to an indication mm. of, um, you know, when we can expect a, a formal response of some sort. We obviously do understand that there's a lot of investigation that needs to needs to happen. And, you know, all the points we were talking about, you know, are, are obviously very important. But for us also, it's been the adjudication of the, of the actual tender, how it was adjudicated. You know, if you look at our petition, it, 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 it basically goes to how it was adjudicated. And if I can give you a quick example, Saskia, which is the most simple example I can give you, um, this is a general building framework contract. Okay, so it's called general building. However, 50% of the tender that went out was for fencing. Oh, mm. strange. So that makes no sense. Mm. In fact, more than 50% um, was for fencing. So, again, there, it just raises a whole lot of questions. questions. Why would that be if this is a general building contract? And if you consider... That fencing, a fencing contract uh, tender went out totally separately. It was a total separate contract. Mm. Why would more than 50% of a general building contract component be fencing? It just does not make sense. And it comes back to the point you were making earlier about these smaller jobs that are being clustered together. Um, yes. And it makes it makes no sense. I I have to wrap up here, but this is obviously an unfolding story that we're going to be watching very closely um, at Cape Talk. And I want to thank you both for for joining me um, on this public day, this Freedom Day. How apt um, to talk about this very important um, very important subject. 
Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for your time and thank you to the listeners. We so appreciate this um, opportunity. Thank you. And Anna. a happy Freedom Day to you and all um, your, your listeners. And thank you, Brett. Thanks so much.